Welcome back to the 12 Sided Guys. We have Matt playing Pine. Hi. Scott playing Roos. That's me. Jordan playing Ebby. Salutations. Sabrina playing Nari. Hey there. And me, Paul, just playing along with every crazy idea that comes out of our players' mouths. Thanks for following along with us. If you want more content, then check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash 12sidedguys. That's one, two-sided guys. We have bonus content going up regularly, and you can always keep up to date with our wiki and maps. But ratings, reviews, and just good old-fashioned word of mouth are greatly appreciated. Anyway, if you get frustrated that all of your favorite characters from your childhood now have different names than they used to, Mara and Nara are now Maya and Nina, then this podcast is for you. It's the Crystal Codex, episode 56. That's blasphemy. That is. You know who else's name has changed? Christo and Bray. They are not Christo and Bray. Well, I could see Christo because that's kind of, you know, Christ. And he was kind of like a, a holy man. But still. Yes. I thought of it more like Christ, Monte Cristo sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> Kira sits up from her writing, contemplating her next words carefully. She rests her quill back in its ink pot and collapses back in her chair. She's tired, so tired. Who would have thought that running a tiny country could be so damn tedious, she asks herself, and so damn lonely. There are no windows here in her small study, but she knows it must be well past midnight. She rubs the left side of her head, the pink scars smooth under her fingertips. On cold nights, they itch like hell. Thank Lady Mazanon that the snow had turned to spring rains, rejuvenating the cities and hamlets, the farms and forests of Tabury. Kira puts her feet up on the desk, tipping her chair back on two legs. Her eyes close as her fatigued body begins to release the tension she's been holding in her shoulders, back, and neck. Kira is still, save one hand, which reaches out unconsciously to caress a bright red crystal paperweight on the edge of her desk. The touch of its smooth, hard sides and sharp, symmetrical edges calms Kira, and she allows herself, finally, to sleep. The quiet scuffing of the door as it eases open is all the warning Kira gets. At once, her eyes open and she springs to her feet, right hand reaching for a blade as her left arm braces her body on the desk. She is armed and poised before her chair even hits the ground, slamming to its back behind her. Two men, one large and bearded, the other slim and hunched, have only just entered the room. They are dressed plainly with cloaks and hoods, hiding hair and shadowing faces, but both have cutting steel in their hands. Quickly assessing her predicament, Kira sees no other options. It's fight or die. She pivots on her left arm and springs with her right leg, vaulting over the desk, her right arm descending in a viciously powerful strike on the bearded assailant. A death blow, Kira tells herself. She is sure of it as her blade bites into the meat of his neck. With a quick and practiced motion, she draws the sword back, opening the mortal wound even more. Kira turns her attention to the remaining attacker, but is momentarily distracted by another figure in the corridor outside, a pretty young woman, plainly dressed in her early 20s, who stares back at her with a vacant, almost apathetic look in her eyes. Worry about her later, Kira tells herself, calm and focused. First, the thin man. In the years since the explosion, Kira has spent countless hours training to use her crutch to her advantage in a fight, acting as her left leg, left arm, and even as a weapon. Her crutch was currently in the corner by the doorway, out of reach behind the unknown attackers. No worries, she tells herself calmly. One's down already, and this one will tear like paper beneath my blade. 
Kira pushes off her desk with her strong right leg, this time her left leg acting as a pivot, it being too mangled for much else. She lunges with her blade, extending to pierce the thin man through the bowels. Unexpectedly, the thin man parries her stab with an easy slash of his own, and before she can process what's happening, he reposts, whipping his sword directly at her face. Kira throws herself back, the blade missing her nose by a hair's breadth. Suddenly there are strong arms around her, pinning her own to her side. The bearded man, she realizes, but how? Her normally calm inner voice rises in pitch as panic sets in. The unyielding arms shake her like a ragdoll until she loses grip on her sword. It clatters to the ground, useless to her now. Her eyes dart frantically for something, anything she can use to defend herself. Her right arm, though held tight, glances across the top of the desk as the bearded man continues to thrash her about. Her hand clasps a familiar object, the hard edges and smooth surface committed to memory from countless hours gripping this most treasured possession her direct line to the love she sacrificed for her country. As the air is squeezed from her lungs and her brain begins to numb, her final clear thought rushes audibly from her throat. Nari, help! I'm crying. Oh man. Welcome back to the Tower Keep of Tabory. We have Nari and the boys have infiltrated the castle uh, in their search to figure out what happened to Kira. Nari had received a message from her late in the night uh, through her sending stone. And as Pine, Roos, Ebby, and Nari went to investigate, they found the castle gates opened and two guards standing out front uh, as they uh, sought help from these guards, telling them that Kira was in danger. Um, there was something off about them and a fight ensued. It turned out that these guards were not actually guards. They were... Um, some sort of um, everyday man, everyday man. I think that's what I should have called them. Yes, the everyday man. They were ruffians. Wranglers. I've heard. Yes, they were. They were ruffians. Yes, they were. Well, they, but they looked just like uh, anybody you'd see on the street. Um, and they all had um, swords, and they were very tough. Uh, in fact, they were uh, dealing poison damage with every with every strike. Um, but Nari and the boys managed to take them out. There was also a woman amongst them, and she was dressed similarly in just a, a, a common, commoner type of uh, clothing. Uh, nothing too extravagant or special about her, but uh, she disappeared and escaped into the Tower Keep. After Nari and the boys beat all of these uh, hooligans outside of the castle tower, they went into the tower and they fought one more of these ruffians before trying to decide, do they go up or do they go down? Where would Kira be? And they decided to go up to investigate her bedroom. As they got to the third floor, they investigated her study and busted into her bedroom to find one lone ruffian rummaging through some chests of Kira's. And when he saw them, a couple of things that they noticed. He was sweaty. He did not have his sword out. And he threw his arms up and basically surrendered. And that is where we are right at this moment. We have Roos and Ebby are still kind of in the study. Pine and Nari have entered into the bedroom and over by Kira's bed, there is this, um, this everyday man with his arms in the air. Nari is going to walk up to that guy and throw him against the wall and ask, where the hell is Kira? They took her downstairs. They took, they took her downstairs. I, I don't, I don't want no part of this no more. Who are you and, and what are you doing here? So you throw this man up against the wall. Um, he doesn't resist. His arms are up. He winces as his back hits the wall. He says, I'm, I'm, I'm Ben. I just, listen, I don't, I don't want no part of this. I don't want to die. Then why were your hands all over the queen's knickers? I was, I was, I was looking for something, just something to make it worthwhile. But you guys, 
you guys don't understand what's going on. I, I, I got involved in something that I'm not, I shouldn't be here. You're right, you shouldn't. None of you should be here. What did you get involved with? What's happening here? There's a, a ritual. They're, they're doing a ritual. And they, they, they think it's going to appease their meal. Who's they? The others. The others that I'm with. The ones who, the ones who, who drank the potion. As they're talking, uh, Roos is going to say to Ebby, they said they're downstairs. While they're talking, let's, let's start moving that direction. That sounds like a plan. Okay, so we have, we have Roos and Ebby leaving and going back downstairs. Is that what's happening? Yes. Yeah, I think so. Didn't we okay. send Amarok down to, to scout downstairs? Yeah, Amarok I think so. is mm-hmm. down. So, um, so actually, Jordan, if you scroll down to the bottom of this map, you have Amarok down there. He is invisible. Um, and I believe he can pretty much go anywhere that is um, everything that he can't access should be locked. So Amarok can sneak around down there if you want to go kind of uh, do some recon. Yeah, I'd love to do that. Have him just kind of peruse anything that I have access to with him. Yeah. Do you see him down there? He's a tiny little token. Yep. I see, I see it. That, <laughs> that is adorable. Yes. All right. Do you want me to? I'll, I'll explain kind of what Amarok sees. Um, so because Amarok has been down here now for a second, um, Amarok comes down in this kind of this northeast corner of the tower on this on the on the lowest level of this tower. Um, and he sees kind of in front of him, there is an archway that opens up into a kind of a mini arsenal. And you can see um, that there are uh, weapons and armor lined up. You can also see that in this room, there is a door on the south wall. There is also another one of these ruffians in that room. And then behind you on a, in the hallway that heads directly south along the outside edge of the tower, um, there is another ruffian that, that Amarok can see. Got it. I think before we head down the stairs, then Ebby using his kind of connection through Amarok is going to just start explaining to, to Roos what he's seeing. Okay. Um, you know, just exactly what you described. Perfect. All right. So we'll go back to that in just a second. Um, Pine and Nari, you guys have been here and he just said he, those ones who drank the potion. And you didn't. I, I was going to, but I don't want to die. The potion will kill you. He says, he, he looks, he kind of glances down. Um, you can see he is sweating and you can see little tears on the edges of his eyes. Um, this guy's probably like maybe 30 at the oldest. Um, you know, he's got, you know, a, a kind of a, a patchy beard. Um, he's, you know, dressed in, you know, not nice clothes. Oh, don't but not, make well, me feel sorry for this guy, Paul. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this is Hop Jr. No, I'm just kidding. Um, so, no, but um, he, he kind of looks down at his belt and he's like, there. In, in my pouch, I, I couldn't drink it. I, I wanted to, I, I thought I was ready, but maybe I'm not as committed as I thought I was. Uh, Nari will take the potion from him without spilling it or touching it kind of carefully uh, yeah. and hand it to Pine. You pull out this small vial, like small, like maybe uh, a vial the length of like your middle finger. And, and just a little bit thicker than that. And it's got a little stopper on the end. And the fluid inside is uh, yellow with little kind of um, little specks of black. So they're downstairs doing the ritual now. Yeah, they, they are. They are. I, I was just, I was just going to grab something, something to help me, you know, make a new life and, and get away, get away from these people. I We don't have time for this. And I'm going to go ahead and attack him. 
Okay. With with non-lethal. I'm trying I'm attempting to just to uh incapacitate him. Okay, go for it. Uh first is a 24 to hit. That's a hit. Uh that's 10 damage. Barely hanging on. And then second attack is a 16 to hit. That will hit. Okay. For another 10 damage, but and again non-lethal. He crumples to the ground. All right. Leave him here. Let's go rescue the queen. You don't have to tell me twice. I feel like Mario. <laughs> the princess right. is in another castle. <laughs> okay, so Ebby and and, uh, and Roos, while that was going on, Amarok still has free reign of the uh, lowest level of this tower. Um, and he is invisible, correct? Yeah, he is. Um, I want to send him down this western hallway. Okay, yeah, sure thing. So, Ebby, uh, uh, why don't you tell us what Amarok sees? All right. So it looks like along the northern end of this section of the tower, um, there's this kind of relatively narrow hallway with some arrow slits. Uh, It looks like there's a door on the left hand side on the inner side of the tower kind of leading into some more inner rooms. And then as you get to the end of the hall, it looks like it stretches to the south kind of wrapping around the perimeter of the tower as well. More arrow slits is what it looks like. I'm going to have Amarok keep going. And looks like the end of the western hallway kind of hits the the south south side of the tower. And it's more of the same. It looks like just kind of a perimeter like hall with lots of arrow slits for defense. Um, Yeah. So I think I'll have Amarok head back the way he came back towards the stairs. Um. And Ebby will be relaying all of this to Roos, so that way we're kind of prepared and have an idea of what's coming. All right, perfect. As we're headed this direction, um, would Roos be familiar with any sort of room in the lower parts of this part of the keep where you would be able to have a ritual of this sort? Um, so what you know, in the in the basement of the, the, the bottom floor of this keep, there is a small arsenal. Um, and then there's also a small like prison dungeon type thing where maybe some of the very high, um, important, um, prisoners might be kept. Um, I think Roos would have been in there before. He knows there's a small area for like, um, questioning. And then there's also three cells, um, in, in kind of the inner, the, the middle of this bottom floor. I, I will, as, as Ebby is relaying that to me, I'll say, I'll, um, tell him what I know of the, of the lower levels. And I'll say, I'm, I got pretty beat up in that last fight. Um, by chance, could you give me some of that Erdos's word? Oh, yeah, yeah, actually, let me see what I can do for you. I have a little bit of something new um, that I might be able to try here. Let's see here. And Ebby's going to use some of his new packed magic that comes back on a short rest. And he's going to cast Moshe's Vitality. And he will um, kind of touch your shoulder and heal you for 14 points. Thanks. Thanks, Abby. Yeah, of course. Absolutely. Don't get any ideas from this. I mean, oh. things have changed for us. You know that, right? <laughs> yeah. No, I just, I was just thinking that, you know, it's uh, it's good to see you. I mean, it's it's been, God, five years? I, yeah, I suppose so. I mean... Thirsty much? Jeez. Back up. <laughs> no, he busts in and is like, all right, guys, let's break up this love fest. <laughs> oh, <laughs> all right. 
So you guys have moved down that first flight of stairs back to the uh, kind of the second floor, the entry uh, floor of this tower. And then um, in the northeast corner of this floor, there is a uh, a staircase that descends down to the lowest level where Amarok is. Let's keep moving. Yeah, Nari will start heading that way. Okay, what's the marching order? Do we want to go quietly? Try to sneak up on them? I think that's probably advisable. But do we have time? I would rather get there as quickly as possible. Yeah, I think at this point we've kind of raised the alarm. Didn't that one uh, lady run into the tower too? That's right, she did. Okay, so we've already been spotted. I think we just need to roll tide. Let's just go. She hit us with a powerful spell too. Maybe we should focus fire on her first. That seems wise. Sounds good. Okay, I just need another marching order then. Uh, Nari will be running full speed. Pine directly behind her. All right. And what we are going to do is we're just going to roll initiative. I think you guys know something's going on down there and they know something is coming. Uh, so we're going to roll initiative. Who's after Pine? Uh, Roos will go after Pine. Okay. And then Abby will bring up the rear. Yeah. All right. Let's roll some beautiful bean footage. All right, Nari rolled an 11. Roos got a 10. Pine rolled a 16. Ebby got a 6, and then Amarok got a 20. Okay. We are all rushing down the stairs as you come barreling down this spiral staircase in the northeast corner. You guys can all see this, um, these hallways, one heading off to the uh, west, one heading straight south. Straight ahead uh, in the uh, hallway heading to the south, you see one of these ruffians, and then in the armory, this uh, arsenal, you see another ruffian. Um, you can also see that in the arsenal, there's a door on the south side of the arsenal, and you can make out a door um, on this hallway heading to the west. Um, and that is where we are, and Amarok is first to go. All right. Um, Amarok will kind of speak to the group and will say, basically, there's a door on the northern side of this hallway. And then he is going to move in the space just in front of Roos, kind of near this ruffian in the hall, and actually go ahead and try to make an attack against him. All right. Why don't you roll to attack? Uh, 24 to hit. That will hit. All right. That'll do five damage. And then he needs to make a DC 11 constitution save. And he rolled a natural 19. He is good. He is good. So he will only take half of this then. Uh, Five damage from poison. So he'll take two. So seven damage total. Okay, cool. Um, Very good. Amarok. Okay. And that now brings us to Pine. All right. Pine is going to um, also step down next to Amarok to try to take out this guy in the hallway, keep him from coming around behind us. Um, So I'll take uh, two swings with my Menorest Officer Saber. Okay. First is a 21 to hit. Uh, that's a hit for seven slashing. Yes. And I feel like I need to save some spell slots, so I won't do my uh, Swordmaster's Fury. Uh, my second attack is only going to be a nine to hit, so that'll miss. That will miss. Yes, it okay. will. And that is Pine's turn. All right. Awesome. And that will bring us now to the Ruffian's turn. So... We have one who is uh, in the hallway, one who's in the arsenal. So what we're going to do, these two, they converge on Mr. Pine. And Pine, you're going to have two attacks against you from each of them. 
as they strike out at you, they have pack tactics. Well, it was nice knowing you guys. <laughs> <laughs> oh no. All right, um, thank goodness for healing. Okay, the first one is going to attack at you, uh, Pine. It looks like there is a an eight or a 15. They both miss. Okay, they both, uh, sorry, sorry, that was the first attack. That was the advantage attack. Let so me- So a 15 with advantage. A 15 with, <laughs> with advantage. Okay, the second attack is going to be, um, oh, looks like a 21 to hit. That will hit, yeah. Um, we've got uh, six piercing, and then we have um, 13 poison damage. Wow. The other one is going to make his attacks against you, Mr. Pine. The first attack is going to be a 22 to hit. That hits. And that is going to be um, 19 total damage. Uh, four of that is slashing. Okay. And the second attack is going to be, ooh, almost a crit, but it was a natural 19, which is a 24 to hit. That definitely hits. And that will be a total of, oh my gosh, 22. That was huge damage. 22 damage, nine of that is slashing, and the rest is poison. And and just like that, Pine is down. Good oh, grief, man. Golly. These guys. Oh no. Okay. Oh no. All right, that is their turn. Nari, it is your turn. Oh man. Um, Nari is going to strike out. Well, actually, first, Nari is going to use her bonus action to cast uh, Shield of Faith and give herself a little bit of extra AC. Um, and then she is just going to try to hit the guy in, right in front of her, the ruffian, for 16. That will hit, yes. Nice. Okay, so that does 17 damage. Oh my gosh. Um, and she will use the Axe of the Adjudicator and tell this dude to grovel. Okay, so he's gonna make a wisdom save. And his wisdom save is not great. He rolls a four plus five. He rolls, actually his wisdom save is pretty good, but that's only a nine, so he is going to grovel. Okay. Um, and then she's gonna come in for her second attack for a 25 to hit. That will hit. With eight damage. Nice. And I think that's it for now. Beautiful. That was a great round. All right. Roos, you are up. You've got Pine laying on the ground in front of you. You've got a um, one of these uh, ruffians straight ahead, and then the other one that Nari had been thrashing, you can see that uh, he has kind of this uh, dazed look in his eyes. Okay. Roos is going to step up um, right behind Mr. Pine and engage the one that uh, Nari was hitting as well. He's going to strike out with a 22 to hit. That'll hit. For uh, 10 piercing three necrotic and 12 uh, sneak attack for 25 oh damage. My, oh my gosh. <laughs> okay, this guy is reeling. Okay, and then, you know, I just, I don't want them to keep getting pack tactics. So I am gonna strike again with my offhand. Okay. For another 22 to hit. That'll hit. And this time for three piercing and two necrotic for five damage. <laughs> a total of 55 damage. This guy is looking rough, but he okay. is still standing. Okay. And that will be my turn. Okay. Evie, you are up. Okay. Um, Evie is going to use... Let's start with the bonus action. Evie is going to say, Time to get on your feet, Pine. And instead of casting a spell, I'm going to use one of my new abilities, Verdant Light. It's, I have a pool of D6s that I can use to heal as a bonus action some of my companions. Um, 
So I'm going to use one of those on Pine and heal him for four hit points. Um, and this is just kind of looks like a green ethereal light that kind of shoots out of Ebby's chest. And what you would notice is that the plants that are kind of growing on Ebby perk up and grow just a little bit <laughs> in the act of him casting the spell. Um, and so, yeah, anyway, so that's going to hopefully help heal Pine. And then that same ruffian that everybody's been beating up on, I'm going to, Ebby's going to pull up his right hand, his, at the wrist, the hand will drop down, revealing kind of a double-barreled gun, and he's going to have a couple shots of mana cannon at that guy. Nice. Um, so first to hit is an eight to hit. So that's that, not going to do it. That's not going to do it, nope. And then the next one is a 23 to hit. That will hit. For uh, two, two force damage. <laughs> <laughs> I can't stop thinking of Mega oh Man every time you say that. I love it. Oh my it. gosh. I love you guys, it. this guy is so close to dead that it is so sad that he is not down yet. Oh gosh. Anything else you're going to do, Abby? Is, is that it? No, that's it. All right. That brings us now to the mage. Ebby, you're the, you're the only one who can actually see down that hallway at the top of the, kind of on the north end of the uh, building. You see that door that's down the hallway, you see it open and you see this same woman step out, this kind of middle-aged, um, just kind of common looking woman uh, that you saw in the, uh, in the courtyard. Uh, she steps out and Ebby, she points a finger at you. It was also nice knowing you guys. <laughs> So much, so you guys are lucky that there is this hallway here because oh, it is going to take this spell and condense it down. Um, Ebby, I need you to make a constitution save, difficulty 14. Okay, come on, come on. Oh, Amarok is near me. One sec, there's like a resistance that these things have. Plus you get my plus, my plus four because I'm conscious again. Oh, that's right. While the imp is within 10 feet of its master, the master shares the imp's magic resistance trait. And its magic resistance trait is that it has advantage on saving throws against spells and other magical effects. Oh my gosh. <laughs> okay, well, make your save. Difficulty 14. It wasn't going to be hard to begin with. <laughs> Fortunately, um, I guess with the plus from Pine, I, I probably would have made it. But I, I rolled a 20 with advantage. And then plus, what was it, Pine? Plus four? Yeah, plus four plus four, so it would have been 24 then. All right, this, this blast of cold comes blasting out of her hand as this cone of cold is kind of, instead of it blasting out in a cone like it normally would, it is uh, it was siphoned down to a to a line of cold because of the hallway, the way it works. And Ebby, you are blasted for uh, 28 damage halved because you made your save to 14 cold damage. Oh, thank goodness, okay. All right, that brings us back up to the top of the order. We have Amarok. Okay, um, I think if I can, I want to try to have Amarok kind of sneak his way past Pine and company mm -hmm. just over here so he can have attack at that ruffian as well. For sure. Um, so let's make an attack roll. A 24 to hit. Man, Amarok is on fire. That will hit. I am not. Ebby is terrible, but Amarok is great. Yeah, Ebby's on ice. Yeah, got max damage for seven on his bite attack. Okay. 
and then uh, DC 11, or or if it uh, even matters. He's, it does not matter. He had one hit point left, and Amarok leaps in and tears his throat out. I mean, kind of a little bit, just a little bit of his throat. <laughs> just, just a little, little, little bit of a throat tear. <laughs> it's like a cat getting vicious with this guy. That's all. It's, yes. it's like trying to slit somebody's throat with, like, elementary school safety scissors. <laughs> yes, but somehow it works. Oh, and then That's this... no ordinary rabbit. It's got a vicious streak a mile wide. It's a killer. (laughs) (laughs) All right. This ruffian goes down. So now there is one ruffian in the hallway, um, kind of on the eastern edge of of this floor. And then there is the mage at the north end of this floor, down down this other hallway. Okay. Amarok. Is Amarok going to do anything more? Uh, No. Nope. That's all he can do. Okay. Pine, you are awake. Um, You are lying on your back. Okay. I will pick up my sword and stand and take two strikes at this ruffian in the other hall. Okay. So first attack is another nine. Second attack is a 19. That will hit. Okay, uh, for eight slashing damage, and I will say... Unleash with precision, Swordmaster's Fury. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, For another 15 damage on top of that. Oh, that's big damage right there. So that's 23 damage, yep. Uh, And then... Oh, man, I am... So close to done with out of spells. Uh, if I take another hit, I am going to go down again, and then I'll have two levels of exhaustion. Yes. Oh, man. Yes, you will. <laughs> Field Marshal, sir, I ask your aid. I'm going to throw out Kenneth's Zestock, and it's going to roll an at one. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. Okay, Kenneth's Zestock, you tossing it behind him or? Behind or... him, yeah. All right. Kenny's Zestok pops up behind this ruffian, takes a swing, and this ruffian, um, Kenny's Zestok is pretty pretty big, and this hallway is pretty narrow. So uh, the sword kind of gets a little bit caught up on the on the walls, not able okay. to make like a good blow. All right, that is Pine's turn. We are now back to the ruffians. Um, as you are fighting this last guy standing here in this area of the building, you also, Ebby, you see that doorway um, where that the mage came out of, you see a ruffian shoulder past her, 5'10", 15, 20, 25, 30. And he comes rushing down to just beside Nari. He can barely get to Nari. And Nari, there's two attacks coming your way. So the first one is a 14 and the second one is a six. Do either of those hit you? No. Okay. Uh, Pine, two more attacks are coming at you from the one that Kenneg Zestog just whiffed on. Um, no more pack tactics, so that's a good thing. But let's see what he rolls. Okay, we have a 7 and a 19. The 19 hits, and I'm going down again. Okay, Pine drops again um, from this blow from uh, this ruffian. Kenneg uh, Zestog continues to float there, correct? Yep. Um, and then this ruffian is going to, I think, stay put. Um, again, you notice there's not a lot of like uh, emotion in his eyes. Uh, his eyes are kind of glassy, um, and his facial features, his facial expression, he's not like gritting his teeth or growling or, or grunting or anything. He is just kind of almost like he's working on autopilot. Okay, Nari, you are up. You have this ruffian who just came rushing down the hall and attacked at you and whiffed twice, and it is your turn. Yeah, Nari is going to turn towards him and strike out for an 11 to hit. That will miss. And then a 12. And that will miss as well. That was not great. Okay. Um, I think that's that's all she's going to do for now. Okay. All right. Uh, Roos, oh, it is man. your turn. Okay. Um, 
Roos is feeling claustrophobic in this hallway, but there's no real escape except through. So he's gonna strike at the same ruffian that Nari was attacking. Okay. The first attack is a 17 to hit. Uh, that'll hit. For eight piercing, three necrotic, seven precision for 18 total on that first hit. Nice hit. And with his offhand, he's going to, uh, yeah. Mm. Yeah, he's gonna do an offhand strike as well. So 23 to hit, uh, four piercing and one necrotic on the offhand. So five more damage. Okay, all right. And are you gonna move, you're gonna stay put? Okay. All right. And that brings us now to Ebby. Okay. Um, not a ton of options here, but let's go ahead and I'm going to use that verdant light um, ability again. Okay. On Pine and have another blast of kind of verdant green energy rush out towards Pine. Okay. And heal him for three hit points. Sorry, I don't have much more to give on that. I'm running out of spell slots here. I get it. I'm out of I'm out of managed morale too. So I will do another mana cannon attack series of attacks on the ruffian that's kind of uh, just directly south of Ebby with Kinexestock engaging okay. him. Perfect. So first attack against him is a twenty-three to hit. That will hit. Sweet. And that will do. Please do not bad damage. One force damage. Oh my gosh. Oh. <laughs> oh, that's, that's the saddest thing I've ever that's the saddest thing I've ever seen. Throwing the heat tonight, guys. Throwing the heat. Um, and then my next attack is an eleven to hit. Oh, it goes blasting wide. Oh golly. I can't hit people to save my life right now. I oh, haven't gosh. rolled higher than... Or to save Pine's life, honestly. Yeah, like, I haven't... <laughs> only Amarok has rolled well. Ebby has rolled, like, hot garbage this whole evening. Well, that's... That's it. Well, that will bring us now to the Mage's turn. Um, with her initiative of one. <laughs> uh, she is at the end of the order. And I'm trying to see what even she can do at this point. She's used up her fifth level. So here's what she is going to do. Instead, she's going to cast a spell. Ebby, you are going to get hit by six darts. Good grief. <laughs> flying out of her hands. One, two, three, four, five, six. That's 15 plus six. That's 21 damage from a magic missile spell. Okay. All right. I am and, still up. And that's barely, good. But I'm, I'm up. Okay. Amarok's turn. Amarok will come around here and have an attack as well at this ruffian directly south of us. Okay. A seven to hit, which is not going to do it. That will not do it. Okay. Pine, you're up. You are awake again um, on the ground. Draw my sword, stand up. Um, I will start by having Kenny's Estoc take a strike. Okay. That's a 14 to hit, which will miss. That will miss. Uh, and then I am going to, I'm going to take the dodge action. Okay. Because I cannot, I can't survive hits, and I'm and I'm gaining I'm gaining exhaustion too fast. Okay. So that'll be my turn. So now it is this ruffian's turn. The one is going to attack again at Nari. Nari, two swings coming at you. We have got um, a 
12, which is gonna miss, but then we have a natural 20. Oh my gosh. Oh man. That's like 8d6 coming your way. Holy cow. All right, Nari. <laughs> okay. You guys excited to make new characters? Uh, I'm about to be, yeah. <laughs> Holy cow. That's 36 damage. Ouch. Honestly, I'm, I'm, I'm doing okay. okay. I mean, not okay. great. I'm doing okay. Wow. All right. Okay. I'm amazed. <laughs> yeah. That's amazing. Well, I think Ebby or Pine healed me a little bit last time, too, so. Oh, I gave you half of my commander's morale, and I took the rest of it. Yeah. Oh, man. That helped a lot. Well, Pine, you got two attacks coming at you with disadvantage. Yes. So the first attack was a 17 and a 12, which means it's still a 17 to hit. Does that hit you? No, it doesn't hit me. My AC is 18. Okay, so the first Aww. one misses you, but the second one is going to be a 19 to hit you. You can you can roll damage if you want, but I only have three hit points, and they're okay. definitely rolling more than three dice. Well, that's 13 damage. Okay, I'm down again. Oh my gosh. I fall down. I get back up again. <laughs> All right. Okay. Oh, um, Nari, your turn. All right. Nari is going to go for this guy right in front of her. Oh, my God. For a nine to hit. Um, That's a miss. She's going to swing again for a 12, and she is going to use her superiority dice to try to add a little bit of something to that. Okay. A three. That doesn't hit still. That's a 15 to hit. Yeah, that's still going to be a miss. Oh my gosh. This is not going well, guys. This is not going well. Um, oh. Okay, so she is... Yeah, no, actually, that's it. That's all she can do right now, so... Bruce, you are up. You've got, you got two guys here. Yep, I do. So, question before I decide what to do. Will Amarok give me the ability to do sneak attack damage? It's an ally that's making attacks. Amarok can get targeted, so I'd say sure. Okay, okay. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to stand over the top of Mr. Pine. Straddle. Straddle over him. And I'm going to... Maybe don't get jealous. <laughs> oh, no, I'm beyond that. No, it's fine. <laughs> I'm so over He's him. He's moved on. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that makes me kind of sad. It does. It makes, makes Roos a little sad, too. Um, so Roos is going to reach into his pocket and he's going to grab uh, Gigi and he's going to say, go go do what you can to help Mr. Pine out. And uh, Gigi is going to skitter down Roos's leg and offer a little bit of po a healing potion to uh, Mr. Pine. Not a lot. I rolled minimum. So you got four health. Back. <laughs> oh my gosh. Rolling minimum seems to be a pattern for us today. <laughs> oh, man. Only for us. That's right. Paul has not That's ro right. rolled less than a 10 ever on his 20-sided uh, rolls. That's true. And so that's my bonus action. And then for my action, I'm going to strike out with my saber at uh, the guy that has been attacking Pine. Okay. For a 13 hit. Oh my gosh, you guys. Well, it's been fun. It's been a lot of fun playing. Okay. Well, that's a miss. That's my turn. Ebby, it is your turn. You have got these two ruffians and you have this mage who keeps pelting you with spells from afar. Okay. Um, this could be the wrong thing to do here, but this is kind of what I'm thinking, guys. Ebby is going to um, go ahead and use one more of the final verdant light thing on Pine to get him back up on his feet. Okay. for, gosh, two hit points. But at least he's oh. on his feet. 
and then we've got six now because uh, because Roost just gave him that healing. Oh yeah, that's right. Well, yeah, we'll we'll still keep that going. Okay, and then maybe this is a crazy thing to try, but I feel like we almost need to get out of here, and so I'm going to. I mean, I don't want to abandon Kira. Sorry, I'm like trying to think through my decision making right now on the fly. I think I think we go for it. Ebby is going to yell to the group and say, I think we're outmatched. I think we've got to run. Um, I'm going to cover our tracks as we escape. And I'm going to cast um, what I call Solandriel's Rebuke. And it's going to be a 15 foot radius sphere of darkness right on the area where we're all standing. Okay. Oh man, I don't know if I can leave Kira. Ugh. Okay, so there's now darkness. Okay, so there's now darkness. So people can't see into here now, um, which means that everybody attacking each other will have disadvantage, but you guys know right where the stairs are. Um, so, Evie, are you going to go up the stairs now as well? Are you going to stay put or what? Yeah, I'm going to I'm gonna head up the stairs. Um, an interesting thing about um, Amarok in this case is that um, he has... I'm using the imp stat block, which gives it devil's sight. In this case, I'm going to say it's celestial sight, but it's magical darkness does not impede the dark vision for the creature. So my hope is that Amarok can kind of help guide people out as needed. Okay, awesome. All right. Well, um, let's see. Ebby, you are now back up to the second floor, to the the floor that has the entrance uh, on it. And um, safe, it seems, for the time being. It is now the mage's turn. The mage can no longer see that whole corner of the room. Nobody can see what happens to the mage. Okay, that brings us now to Amarok. Amarok, you have um, these three allies who are um, kind of blindly fumbling around in the dark. How long does this darkness last? Uh, It's 10 minutes. Oh, okay. Um, So, yeah, I mean, Amarok will say... Flee, mortals. There's not much more that you can do here. And um, I don't know if this is even possible, but I want to try to see if Amarok can kind of like run interference somehow and like give help actions for people if they're taking dodges or anything like that. I don't even know if that's a possibility. Amarok can, can give the help action to one of these one of these characters. So we pick who, who is going to get the help action. Maybe Pine. Yeah, Pine. <laughs> Pine will be the one that gets Amarok's help action. That's good because I have disadvantage on everything at this point. Yeah. Oh gosh, that's right. Okay. All right, that's Amarok's turn. Okay, Pine. Okay, so I found something in my backpack. Oh gosh. Okay. Um, that I'm going to use on myself. So okay. it's a potion of greater healing. So this is 4d4 plus four. I'm probably only gonna get eight hit points, but I'll give it a try. <laughs> okay. I got 13. Nice. Okay. Okay. So I healed up 13. Um, so now I am at 19 hit points. Um, I'm going to grab my sword and... Uh, dang it. All right, we usually say that uh, drinking a potion if you have to get out of your bag can be a bonus action. Okay. Um, so I heard Ebby. Damn it, you guys. <laughs> Pine is disgusted with himself, but he's going to go up the stairs. Okay. Pine flees up the stairs, um, and you get out of the area of darkness as you get to the top of the stairs. You can see Ebby standing at the top of the stairs, kind of 
I imagine like motioning you on, like get out of here or something. Yeah, I'm gonna use my dash so that my speed will be 30 because it's halved as well because of exhaustion. Okay. All right. Um, and then it comes down to the ruffian that is standing next to Amarok and the ruffian that is standing next to uh, Nari. Um, also, Kenig's Estoc is still down here. Just a heads up. Okay. Um, the ruffian attacking Nari is going to attack you with disadvantage because he can't see you. So Nari, does a seven hit you or a nine? No. Okay. And the other one is going to attack at Amarok swinging wildly um and let's see uh does a ooh a 19 hit you or a 14 hit amarok um i'm pretty sure the 19 will hit yes um his ac is 13 but he does have damage resistances to most everything okay so He's going to get hit twice. These are not magical weapons, but there and there is poison damage. Are imps immune to poison or anything? Uh, immune to fire and poison, but uh, resistant to cold, bludgeoning, piercing, slashing, and non-magical attacks that aren't silvered. So then um, two attacks hit, basically two D6, um, two attacks. So that's five plus um, six. So that's 11 damage, halved to five. Okay. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Amrock needs to just be the front line. <laughs> All right. I mean, you did take out, he only has 10 hit points. So yeah. <laughs> he doesn't, he was able to survive that, but that did hurt. Oh man. Okay. All right. And then uh, Nari, it's your turn. Okay. So if Nari runs up the stairs, is she going to take an attack of opportunity from this guy? Uh, potentially, but with disadvantage. No, no, he can't because uh, he doesn't know where you are. Okay, well, that makes my choice harder. Oh. <laughs> um, okay, Nari feels really bad about this, but she has to follow the group. Um, and hopefully we've at least interrupted whatever's going on here, so she will run upstairs. Okay. <sighs> and that brings us now to Roos. This is going to be really stupid, guys. But I, I think... I think I have to do well, it. Well, if you would have told me you were going to be stupid, I would have been stupid too. <laughs> but he couldn't be stupid when it wasn't his turn. It wasn't my turn yet. Okay, Roos is going to, under his breath, mutter the magic word to alter his glamoured leather armor to look like the vestments of the ruffians that they've been fighting. Okay. And in this darkness, he's going to quickly whip out his makeup kit, dirty up his face, and alter his appearance it's the uh, disguise self spell. Okay. And he's going to make himself look like one of the ruffians. Okay. One of the ones that you've met before? Yes. The one that we met upstairs in Kira's bedroom. Okay. All right. Ben. This darkness will, yeah, Ben, this la darkness will last for 10 minutes. Um, and, uh, okay, so... So the is is this door here on the south of this little square? Is yeah. that where the room for like interrogations is? Uh, you know that that leads. You've been down here before. You know that that leads to a. Uh, it's a. Both doors lead into the same area, but this one leads more to the the actual this prison cells. The other door leads more to the torture chamber, the questioning area. Okay. But there, but it is one solid one room. Is the. Sphere of Darkness is blocks their vision of that door. Uh, yes. Okay, I'm gonna head for that door and try and quietly open it and slip inside. 
Okay, make a uh, stealth check. Okay. Rolled a 25 for stealth. Okay, man. Awesome. You sneak in and you are fairly certain that nobody um, in the hallway saw you. Okay. <sighs> I'm sorry, guys. If this, if this gets me killed, I'm really sorry, but I feel like this is what Roos has to do right now. That was a good call, actually. That was that was yeah. solid. That was much better yeah. than me, who was going to just start killing people until I die. <laughs> yeah, I mean, had, had Abby not done something, Pine would definitely have died down those stairs. All right. Um, so, Roos, you um, you go into this uh, this room. It, it, it is uh, it's kind of a hallway, and on the south edge of these uh, of this uh, hallway, you can see these solid oak um, doors with these metal bars in them. You can kind of peer through the bars into these prison cells, and you know that um, to your right, so heading back to the west, that is where the torture chamber is. But you can see these doors, these three doors that lead into these um, these uh, prison cells. Can I see into the prison cells from where I'm at or just what my character can see on the, the map? I mean, I think you have a little bit more move so you can go look through one of the doors. Okay, I'm gonna move just probably, let's see, let me count real quick. So I can probably move to like right here, but I still, I don't think I can, I mean, I can see that there are tokens through there, but I can't make out any details. Uh, yeah, you can tell. You can see that there's some figures. Like as you glance, kind of through the through the iron bars, these doors yeah. are really solid, and it's just like a small little window that you can peek through. Um, you can tell that these rooms are occupied. I think I can see something there, but I can't. I I have no idea what they are. Right. Um, you would know also that these cells, this front wall is solid, and uh, these doors have these little uh, barred windows to them. But then when you're actually in the cells, the cells are actually only separated by iron bars. Okay. Good to know. Okay. We are back up to the top of the initiative with Amarok. Um, yeah, I think Amarok, since since he can kind of see through the um, darkness, um, he is actually going to use his action to turn invisible. Um, not that he needs to necessarily, but he's going to follow Bruce. Okay. That brings us now to somebody that you guys have not encountered yet. Roos, as you are standing in this hallway, catching your breath from that uh, harrowing fight and uh, getting away from those guards, at least for the time being, you can hear a voice uh, in the furthest west cell. And it is a feminine voice. And it's actually kind of a melodious voice, I guess you could say. Um, it sounds almost sweet. And it is chanting in some language that you do not understand. Um, and uh, I know you have the scarf of Comprehend Languages, the Mikasa scarf that we've talked about um, so often. Yeah, but it's not active right now, so it's... Yeah, it's not active. So, but you do hear some chanting of some kind in a language you do not understand. Okay, well, now I know where I'm going. Pine, you are at the top of the stairs, and Roos has not followed you. Okay, Pine is going to... Um pull out, he has a, a minor potion of healing, uh, just the normal little potion of healing, uh, pull it out and say, Happy, did you need this? Um, save it. I, I, I'm not doing great, but I'm still on my feet okay. Okay. Then Pine will prepare, um, re basically ready an attack for anybody but, uh, but Roos who comes up these stairs. Okay. That brings us to the ruffians. Roos, through the doorway that you opened, you can kind of hear some um, muttering 
and some uh, some talking back and forth as these two ruffians out there there are trying to kind of coordinate um, what to do. Um, and uh, it seems like from what you gather, they are going to um, stand at the bottom of the stairs with swords drawn and anything that they hear come down the stairs is getting slashed. Okay. Nari, it is your turn. Um, Nari is going to dig through her bag and realize that she does have a potion of greater healing and ask Pine and Ebby, who needs us more? I think we should really get our strength back up. Um, I don't think we can leave Roos down there forever. Well, I'm at about 17 out of 67 if I was going to rate myself. <laughs> On a scale from <laughs> 1 to 67, I'm at 17. Okay. Uh, Nari will toss... Uh, <laughs> Toss Ebby that potion of uh, greater healing, which is 4d4 plus 4 of damage, which I rolled in that. I rolled really badly, and I uh, got a 13. Hey, so I don't give her 13. I'll, I'll take it. That oh works. Oh, gosh. All right. Anything else that Nari wants to do? No, I think at this point, um, kind of like we were just saying I'll just ready an action in case somebody comes out to attack us, but I'll just hang out here for the moment. Okay. Roos, that brings us back down to you. You are now in this hallway. Um, <sighs> you hear uh, voices coming from that uh, third door, um, kind of the furthest west door um, prison cell. Okay. I am going to try and quietly enter that prison cell. Okay. So you move to the door. Yeah. Are you moving quietly? Yes. That's 15 feet. That is going to be all of your movement. Okay. Um, you can see through the bars a little bit, and you can actually, um, what you can see through there, make a perception check, actually. Oh, man. I don't like what I can see. <laughs> uh, Roos rolled a 15. Actually, I'm going to have, um, I'm going to have um, Squire help me out a little bit. So I got a 21 on that perception check. Okay. 21. And because you got a 21, I'm also going to let you make an Arcana check. I'm not super great at that, but maybe Squire can help me out again. A 15, but then I'm going to see if Squire can help me. I might, I, let me double check if I can use that multiple times per round. Nope, only with ones that I have proficiency with, so no, I can't do it on that one. A 15 is still pretty good. Um, okay, um, let's see. Uh, Roos, as you look in through the bars of this uh, cell, you can see, scrawled on the floor of this cell in... Uh, red paint, maybe, or maybe blood. You see a an arcane symbol of some kind. Um, it's a circle with some kind of a weird symbol in it. You can't make out the whole symbol because laying on the floor in the middle of this symbol, you see your sister, and she is not moving. You can't see her whole body because she's actually blocked because standing um, over her body, um, between you and Kira, you see the back of a slender small figure, maybe five foot five, um, wearing a cloak um, and is kind of leaning over your sister and chanting in that language that you don't understand. Okay. And um, with your 21 perception, you also see that it looks like this figure has like a piece of paper um, in their hand and it almost looks like they're reading off of this paper. <sighs> okay. The door is too, too thick for me to like reach through right it's, it's oh yeah just gotta, no, you, okay. you're not getting anything in there no yeah yeah i was just double checking because you said it was just a slit that i could see through just wanted okay. to make sure okay so I'm, I'm just gonna stay hidden okay 
You should just casually stroll in and be like, yo, guys, I'm Ben. I'm Bat. What's up? No. <laughs> we'll get there when we get there. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That's so oh, funny. man. Oh, man. Right. That's nice. Abby, your turn. Um, I don't have a whole lot that I can do necessarily. Um, and I'm getting so low on spell slots. I think what I'm going to do, Ebby's going to ready an action to shoot the mana cannon as well, if anybody does come up the stairs. But the main thing that Ebby is clued in on is what Amarok is seeing. So that's kind of where his focus is right now. And Amarok is just trying to kind of tail closely to Roos, but trying to, you know, be invisible and just not attract attention. Okay, awesome. Um, okay, um, yeah, and you you see Roos kind of peering in through these bars of this door through uh, through Amarok, but it is now going to be the mage's turn. I need um, everybody upstairs to um, make a perception check. Nari rolled a twenty-four. Ebby got a twenty. With disadvantage, Pine got a fourteen. Okay, um, what you hear, um, Ebby and Nari. Um, Pine, what you hear is the blood thumping behind your ears um, as you are struggling after being knocked down three times. Honestly, Pine thinks he's having a heart attack. <laughs> I, I don't doubt it. Matt thinks he's having a heart attack. Ebby <laughs> <laughs> um, and Nari, you both hear a voice, a feminine voice, um, uh, not the melodious voice that I described earlier, but just a, um, just a, a feminine kind of rough voice, but also kind of passionless. Uh, there's no uh, real inflection, no drive, no um, no aggression in the voice. It just says, if they're allowed to escape, they will bring more. We must stop them from leaving the castle. Back to Amarok. Yeah, so Amarok is just going to kind of try to stay as close to um, Roos as possible while still being kind of discreet and invisible. Okay. Basically just going to try to help him escape if need be. All right, Roos, as you are looking in, you see um, this woman, uh, this form, this slender form in the room with your sister. She continues to read from that page. And it looks like as you're watching, it looks like she's getting further and further down the page. Um, it's a long page and she's not totally to the end yet, but it looks like she is about to reach the end of the page within the next, I don't know, round or two. Um, and that brings us to Pine. So Pine is still there prepped to attack and they say, should we go get help? What should we do? I feel like uh, maybe I'm too slow. I think, well, cause Pine didn't hear what uh, what the mage had said. So I think Nari will kind of respond and be like, it sounds like they're not gonna let us leave uh, without a fight. All right, I'm here, I'm ready. Well, here's what's gonna happen. Up the stairs, thundering up the steps, you see one of the ruffians come into view, and I believe there are some readied actions. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Hell yes. Okay, so who's gonna take their action first? Pine will take his action first, because he's probably gonna miss. Uh, oh, 21, uh, 21 to hit with disadvantage. That's a Woo! hit. Okay, that's 14 damage. Nice. Unleash with precision, Swordmaster's Fury. And I will do another 2d8. Uh, so that's another eight damage on top of that. Nice. And then my second attack with disadvantage is only going to be a 10. And that's going to miss. Sorry, I was waiting for you to say plus 10, but never mind. That's going to miss. <laughs> I've already, I already used that. Okay. All right. So this guy is still standing. Uh, actually, no, I didn't. Plus 10. 
Oh, that <laughs> hits! <laughs> that hits! Uh, okay. So that will deal another 11 damage. Um, Unleash with precision Swordmaster's Fury, and the only one I have left is a level 2. So that's another 3d8. That's another 10 damage on top of that. This guy tumbles backwards down the stairs as a um, as a second ruffian comes rushing into view. This one, Pine, you recognize is the one that kept knocking you down. Well, damn it, I wanted to kill that one. <laughs> uh, yeah, Dari had a readied action, so she will strike out with her axe for a 21 to hit, which does nine damage. Okay. And then uh, an 11 to hit, which doesn't do any damage. Nope, Boo. this guy is hurting. All right, Ebby, you had a ready action as well. Ebby's gonna try and take some point blank shots with the mana cannon and okay. probably miss. Kablow! Oh, a 24 to hit. Nice. How much damage? Now, if I can roll more than a one or a two, that would be pretty cool. A six. So six force damage for the first one. Take it. It's awesome. And then the next attack is a 23 to hit. Wow. Oh, there's a very Ooh. real possibility that you will kill him. <laughs> Look at this. No. Three force damage. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he was hanging on with two hit points. All That's right. That's so great. Oh, my gosh. Oh, man. All right. Um, Nari, you're getting two attacks at you. All right. A, okay, a six is going to miss, but the 23 will hit. And you are going to take, looks like, 18 damage. Eight of it is slashing. Okay, that does it for me. I oh, no. am down. Oh, no. Oh, good grief. I literally had 18 oh, HP no. left. Oh, oh no. no. And this guy has two hit points left. Oh, man. Well, that's his turn. Nari, I need you to make a death saving throw. Nari, nat 20. Come on, come on. Come on. 13. Well, that's okay. a positive. Okay, that's, that's a plus. That's a, that's that's a, plus a, that's a good one. All right. All right. Um, and that brings us back down to... Roos. Roos, you are standing outside of this door. You see this figure in front of you, and you can kind of uh, guess what's going on. Yeah, I have a pretty good idea. Um, do these doors open in or out? Um, they open... I think they would open out, actually. Yeah, I think they would open out to keep prisoners from okay. being able to barricade themselves in. I'm gonna try and open the door. Can I uh, do one attack and then as like a bonus action try and snatch the paper um yeah i'll see you can do that yeah sure thing okay okay so i'm gonna open the door okay. and since i've been stealthing would i get advantage on this attack or not um i will say i'll say yes okay so i'm gonna open the door and take one attack okay break 22 to hit that will hit Dealing, oh, I rolled really bad. Six piercing, four necrotic, seven sneak attack, so 17 damage. Okay, solid hit. And then I'm going to try and snatch the paper from her hand with like a sleight of hand, I'm assuming. Go for it. Rolled a 16, but I'm going to I'm gonna use my squire to help me out. Okay. And add four, so 20 on that one. A dirty 20. All right, she rolled a 15, which I don't think is going to be enough. Okay. No, you snatched the paper out of her hand. And now you have paper and your sword and you have a move. Can I move 
into the room or is she blocking the way? She's she's slender enough you can push past her. Okay, I'm gonna push past her and I'm gonna try and stand over Kira's body. And that will be my turn. Okay. I, I'm like 100% confident I'm about to die. As soon as the wizard finds out, she's gonna come over this way and hit me with one spell and I'm done. Are you pretty low on HP? It was Ben. Yeah, I am. It was Ben. That's right. (laughs) Oh my gosh, you guys. Evie, it's your turn. Ooh, this guy's got two hit points left. (laughs) Um, I can do... I've got some level ones, so I'll do a level one bonus action, Erdos' word, on Nari. Okay. Um... And heal her for six, so that way she's at least on her feet, and then we'll use the mana cannon on homeboy here. Okay. Uh, Actually, actually... Instead of that, I'm going to use my left hand and it kind of whips out at this guy as a chain whip. And the reason I'm doing this is because it has a much better hit DC (laughs) than the mana cannon. (laughs) Okay, let's see if you can hit him. Ooh, A 20 to hit. That will hit. Oh, nice. I'm getting bionic commando vibes from it. And four piercing damage. Four piercing damage is enough as his body (sighs) tumbles down the stairs. Beautiful. Um, you know what, Ebby? I'm gonna need you to make a concentration check anyway because uh, I forgot that um, um, Phobos has been hanging out oh. guarding the front door. <laughs> and you've no, been yeah, you could to... you could get rid of you can get rid of Phobos, Phobos this whole is time. Gone. Phobos is gone. Yeah, the, <laughs> I would have had to drop that when I did the Sphere of Darkness. Oh, gotcha. Okay, okay, all right. That brings us now to the wizard. I like to think that the rest of the town guard was trying to get in, but there's this direwolf in the way, and then the direwolf sudden, and then the direwolf suddenly says, "Oh yeah, I forgot. I was supposed to go away a while ago," and then just poofs out of existence. Oh my gosh! <laughs> That's the whole reason we're struggling. Like there could have been a, a whole town guard on us. <laughs> oh golly! The B team is just waiting to come down here. I yeah. guess they don't need us anymore. Oh man, that's so funny. All right, it is the wizard, the mage's turn. The mage is going to... Um, Suddenly, the mage pops up right in front of you guys as well. And she says in a very dispassionate voice, You can't stop us. It's too late. And let's see. One, two, or three. Who is getting the attack? Oh, it looks like, uh, Ebby, you are going to get um, three darts come shooting at you. Uh, for a total of nine damage. Okay, okay. I can, that's no that's no biggie. Okay. Yeah, okay. Come at me, bro. I didn't hear no bell. <laughs> Don't say that. Don't say that. <laughs> oh, yeah, we're Amarok. all on the ropes. I, I, I mean, this is not looking good still. Oh my gosh, Amarok's turn. Amarok, you can see this, um, this kind of this cult leader um, who is in this cell, and you see that Roos is standing over his sister with a paper in his hand. What is Amarok going to do? Amarok will attack the cult leader in the back. Okay. <laughs> with the sting attack. Oh, wait. I don't know if this probably wouldn't count as advantage if you're invisible, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah totally Invisible does. enemies have advantage, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, okay, well, that's good, because re- I rolled an eight for the first time. And I rolled an eight for the second time too. Oh no! So, oh, doesn't doesn't really matter at all anyway. So all right, everything's a lie. Nothing matters anyway. We're all doomed. <laughs> all right. Um, Amarok goes to uh, bite or sting. Whatever is it? A bite? Yeah. 
Yeah, it's yeah. the bite. Yeah, it's yeah, yeah. sting from the imp thing, right, but it's right. it's a bite attack. Go, goes to bite this cult leader and uh, you know gets through, um, but gets kind of caught up in the robes, the cloak um, that this uh, cult leader is wearing. And Emrock, you start to hear yelling coming from these other cells, saying like, "Get us out of here, Wilkie! We can help!" And uh, Roos, as you're standing in this kind of this furthest west cell, you look to the east and you can see that there are three um, kind of beat up men um, who have been uh, locked in these cells. You imagine these are some of the guards um, who, um, for whatever reason, were not killed. They're just locked up in these cells. Um, and that now brings us to the cult leader. This is the part where I die, guys. Hold on tight, buddy. You got this. Every time you say the cult leader, I want to say, no, 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 leader. All right. Here's what's going to happen. This might not be what you expect. Roos, I need you to make a save, a wisdom save, difficulty 15. I rolled a 25. Oh, you're oh, so wow. wise. So wise. I've always said that. Well, um, she holds out her hand and in a dispassionate voice, she says, I suggest you give me that paper and head out towards the city gate. And you can feel this tingling at the back of your brain that you want to do that. You understand why that would be a good idea, but you manage to shake that off and you realize that she was trying to cast suggestion. Okay. Okay. She sees that it does not take hold and she, um, she doesn't frown. She just kind of stands up a little bit straighter. Okay, fine, you're up. Okay, so I'm going to use my bonus action to have Kenneg's S-Talk come up the stairs behind this mage. Okay, <laughs> it's on the stairs behind her. There you go. Okay, all right. So that is still, that also that's also a disadvantage. So that comes across as just a nine to hit. That will miss. Okay, but then with my officer saber, I get to take two attacks there with disadvantage. Uh, does a 13 hit? It does. Oh, nice. Oh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> And that's nine damage. Okay. <laughs> and then the second attack with disadvantage will be an 18 to hit for 11 damage. 11 damage? Nice. For 11 damage, yes. Nice. Just like that, she's bloodied. Okay. All right. That's my turn. Okay. That brings us now to <gasps> the ruffians who are all dead. Nari, it is your turn. Okay. Nari is going to um, attack with her axe. Oh my god, for a 10 to hit. Oh my god, for a 13 to hit. The, the 13 hits. Okay, well at least that's something. Um, so that's going to do 9 damage, and she is going to use that Axe of the Adjudicator one last time and try to get this uh, mage to grovel. Oh, and she rolls a natural 1 for her wisdom save, and she is going to oh, grovel yes. on her next turn. Oh my god. Nice. Oh man. So oh. good. So okay. good. All right. Roos, you are down here standing over your body, your sister's unconscious body. As you look down, you can see that she's breathing. Um, but um, as you also look down, you see that there is a knife, uh, kind of a jagged, um, ceremonial, evil-looking um, knife uh, on the ground next to her. Um, I want you. Well, I already had you make an arcane, arcana check. So I think we're going to skip that again. Okay. Um, Roos, what are you going to do? 
Well, first I'm going to do an item interaction. Those are free, right? Yes. I'm going to tear this this paper as often as you'll let me while, while it still is a free action. Okay. I'll say you can tear <laughs> it once as a free action. If you want to use a bonus action, you can tear it into like eight pieces. Okay. I'm going to tear it once and... Um, Eat it. That's a great idea. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to... Can I instead just swallow it? Um, it's pretty big. Okay, well, then I'll... Uh, I'll stick it... Here, here's what I'll do, because because um, I want to attack with my both swords. So I'm going to um, tear it and then put it in my, my the GG pocket. Gotcha. Okay. And then I'm going to try my hardest to do something here. Okay. The first attack is a 16 to hit. That will hit. Okay, and since she's being um, flanked by my little pal over there... Oh, gosh, I forgot about that. So, seven piercing, three necrotic, five sneak attack for 15 damage on the first attack. That's a good attack. And then I'm going to... Um, now, this is this is just for flavor, okay, because I don't have any more spells, but I do have, um, I do have a potion of healing. I'm going to have um, GG... Grab, I'm, I'm gonna say, Gigi, I got one more potion of healing in my bag. I need you to take that down to Kira. And Gigi will skitter down my leg and um, unstop her a potion of healing into Kira's mouth. Oh my! Kira's eyes pop open. Let's roll initiative for Kira. Oh my goodness! For seven hit points. And I rolled an eight for her initiative. She goes next. Oh, oh my god! Oh my goodness! How did you do Hallelujah. this? Oh my! I, I don't know. I We're was not in my, out of this yet. In my mind, I'm like, I can attack or I can see if I'll bring her into the fight. Oh my gosh! Oh, epic, epic, epic! Okay, and you said there's a weapon lying right next to her. It's her turn, and yes, she grabs that. She looks. She takes quick stock of. What's going on? And she grabs that um, that knife off the ground, that dagger off the ground, stands up, and she is going to attack this cult leader. Oh, I forgot. I forgot the stats I used for her. Oh my gosh. She's going to attack this cult leader three times. Oh, um, man. Let's see. Okay, that is going to be a 20, a 17, and an 18. Three hits with a dagger. Each hit is D4 plus four. So let's see, that is going to be 12 plus five. That's 17 damage from three uh, strikes with the dagger. If my math was correct. Oh, Good nice. to see you still standing, sis. And then she she kind of looks at you. She looks she looks kind of shocked at first and she kind of gives you a, a smile. And then she looks at this, at this uh, young woman and she says, get out of my castle. And that's where we're gonna stop for tonight. Oh my gosh, you guys, this has been crazy. You guys have turned this fight um, around, maybe? Um, still incredibly oh, intense. Um, but wow, what a, what a fight. Um, yeah, so next time we get back together, we will see what happens here in the in the bowels of the Tower Keep of Tabory Castle. And uh, you know, go leave us a, a rating and a review. Go check out our Patreon, all that fun stuff. But until we see you next time, we hope you have a great time.